This is Driven by Data, the podcast. Welcome back to another season of Driven by Data, the podcast. Powered by Orbition Group and hosted by me, Kyle Winterbottom. We are delighted to bring you season four of Driven by Data, the podcast. And our aim remains exactly the same, to bring you some of the most respected and recognized thought leadership figures from the world of data analytics to share their knowledge, ideas, use cases, and insights across how they've tackled some of the industry's most trending topics and challenges. All that's left to say is sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Welcome to Driven by Data, the podcast, season four. Today, we're delighted to be joined by Kate Sargent, the Chief Data Officer for the Financial Times. So, Kate, thank you very much for rejoining us, I guess. Well, season one, I believe, which seems like an absolute lifetime ago now. But um, so welcome back to the to the show. I guess for anybody that didn't listen to that episode, just um, give us a brief introduction into your background and I guess journey up until that point in time, if you would. Um, yeah, hi, Carl. Thanks. Um, well, and thanks for getting me back in. Yes, it was, I think, autumn 2020, back in the dark days of uh, November 2020. Yeah. Um, so yes, my my sort of background, so I have a whole career in data and analytics, I think 27 years this year now. Um, but back at the start, I studied maths and operational research at uni, starting out as an analyst and what you'd probably call a very primitive data scientist uh, in, in today's terms, running simulation models uh, to predict the number of aircraft that could fly safely through UK airspace. Wow. Um, sounds quite terrifying even now, but there we go. That's how I started. Um, I've moved around a fair bit across my career, spent quite a bit of time in retail, uh, working for Tesco, Ocado, and also travel, amongst others, EasyJet and TUI, spent time there. Um, but generally in sectors where there's a strong customer connection to the brand, which is, I think, was really the subject of our, our first chat, because um, I'm fascinated about what human behaviours or what data can tell us about human behaviours um, and how to improve the experience for customers, um, which, of course, leads to better commercial outcomes. I've gradually built up breadth in my roles throughout my career, uh, managed teams across research, CRM, data engineering, data governance, as well as the core analytical disciplines that I started out within. And as you said at the top, uh, I'm now Chief uh, Data Officer at the Financial Times, six months into the role there, and thoroughly enjoying the new challenge. Nice, nice. Yep. Um, exciting, uh, exciting career. Obviously, the, you know, some big brands on your CV, which is always, uh, always fascinating. I guess for anybody that doesn't know who the Financial Times is slash are, just give us a brief overview of the business, if you would. Yeah, sure. Uh, so FT, as well as call them, are a leading global news publisher uh, with a reputation really for innovating across technology to produce a portfolio of digital products alongside our well-known pink newspaper. <laughs> These showcase our really highly respected journalism, which is one of our, our big leading um, sort of USPs. 
we also have a, a range of events, podcasts, um, and specialist products that serve a professional as well as a broad consumer audience. So much broader than perhaps some people might might think on first look. Um, I've inherited there a very talented team of individuals across all of the main data and analytics disciplines that support our product development and also our commercial businesses, both across B2C and our corporate clients as well. Yep. Nice. Um, so obviously six months into the journey, um, I guess, what was the purpose of you going to the FT? Like what, what, were, you know, what was the reason for them wanting to bring you in? Yeah, so fundamentally, my role is to ensure, as many, many times across my career, that the FT is enabled to make high quality decisions through trusted insights into our customer behaviours and commercial performance, and also to drive commercial upside through personalised experiences, recommended content in our world, etc., Ultimately, my purpose, the purpose of my team is to drive value through building, nurturing, exploiting and embedding our data asset end to end, which for a publishing business is our content as as much as the traditional data that is produced through customer interactions. And our content dates back 130 years. So that's a a lot of data, which is why the role is really fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll frame this conversation then, right? So, uh, and obviously we speak on and off a fair amount through our events and, and stuff like that. So we've all been in and around this conversation for, for a while. But if I think throughout my career, the number of organizations that I've worked with or, you know, speak with on the podcast or speak to at events or whatever the case may be, the large majority of them started out on a data analytics journey without a data strategy, actually, right? You know, so often there's teams of, analysts engineers scientists all in a business doing stuff um without any real strategic alignment to the business which obviously in today's world we look at that and think well that's just absolutely bonkers why on earth did did we do that right but i guess that's you know at that moment in time that was what was happening so um i think that's then driven this narrative around there's been so much investment but so little value realized in comparison to maybe what we were hoping or what businesses were hoping for. Um, But now, I guess, given where you are six months into it and having to forge out this journey in front of you, I thought it'd be a great starting point. But I guess, what are the fundamental problems that you see with data strategy? And in your eyes and the context of what you're up to, what what is a data strategy? Mm, uh, Really good. Really good question. So for me, and this isn't uh, obviously gospel truth because others have different opinions, but for me, a data strategy articulates quite simply the role that data can play in delivering the business strategy, goals, mission, values, you know, at the really highest level of the organization. It sometimes needs to be aspirational and talk to the art of the possible as it can have a role in determining or refining that business strategy. So it can be quite sort of circular which is why it often articulates the role that it can play rather than the role that necessarily will play because it is sometimes a bit iterative and circular. Um, So what that means in reality for me is that it should cover the drivers for change, some high-level focus areas, some description of what good things happen if we're successful, when these will happen and what it will take to deliver it. The last bit sometimes needs to reference a need to revisit the operating model which is perhaps too often a reflection of the fact that the ideal nature 
and location of data roles tends to evolve with an organization's data maturity. For example, an organization establishing a data capability for the first time might have an initial need to focus on just getting its data into shape and describing some early needs. But as it grows, it will need to move towards delivering back on the initial investment through aligning with business areas and establishing processes to prioritize and measure those value outcomes as they come through. Mm -hmm. The problem with building kind of paint by numbers data strategies, as I've chosen to interpret your question, (laughs) is that they they do need to reflect those specific maturity levels, needs and culture of the organization that you're in. Otherwise, you can miss the mark. So that that is problematic if you just go for an off-the-shelf, out-of-the-box strategy template. And it can take a little while to establish that. And if no clear business strategy exists, it can take time to tease out the key underlying needs of the business and identify the gaps to be filled through data. But that's a really powerful way to move DNA from being a sideshow or seen as a cost center to being a genuine strategic partner. But regardless of whether or not a business strategy exists, it's important to ground the data strategy in some kind of common language within the business, be it business growth targets or mission statements or otherwise. There's always something that we you can sort of go after and, and, and link yourself to. Yeah. I think really interesting there what you said, because the amount of conversations I've had where, you know, if you go to almost any geo blog in the street, right, and say, okay, we're going to start a data strategy. How do we do this? Straight away, they'll say, align it to the business strategy. It's almost become like, you know, the, the go-to knee-jerk reaction response that you will get about this question. However, equally then, when you get into why this doesn't happen or, you know, because everyone knows that that's what should happen, but it often doesn't for a variety of reasons. But one of the main reasons I hear is, well, we don't actually have a business strategy or maybe I'm not, you know, I'm not quite at the level where I'm in that conversation to really understand or, you know, it might not, the people above might not think that I need to know and that becomes really problematic. Um, Have you got any hints and tips around kind of how you overcome that if you find yourself in that situation? Mm, Yeah, I've I've heard that as well. I don't think that's great. Uh, I don't think that's where a data team should be or thinking in that that way, in my opinion. Um, And I think that unfortunately can be the road to becoming quite isolated and remaining poorly understood within an organization, which obviously we don't want. Um, And I think it can happen when data and analytics teams fail to continuously reinvent themselves and move from that initial platform or technology setup two partners in value creation, you can get kind of stuck there. Um, Or they're just not curious enough about what different parts of the business do, their needs and their priorities. And that includes the board and their needs and priorities and goals. So if you find yourself in that situation, it's, it's never too late to get curious, is what I would say. Take your commercial and finance friends for a coffee, find out what matters to them, ask them who else they recommend talking to, listen and learn and keep going until you know and then work out what you can do to help them in their language so play it back see if it resonates ask them what's missing generally i would say that not having a business strategy is no excuse not to have a business aligned data strategy i think there's always a way to get there through different routes if even if that's not explicitly articulated yeah 
Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, it's probably one of those things where you know some, some organisations will be very transparent in this is our strategy and our goal for this next year is is X, X Y, and Z. Right, they're the three levers. In many in many organisations, that isn't as obvious. But as you said, I think that I think we're at a point in time now because of the perceived failure you know in quotation marks or the lack of value realization or however we want to frame it that's almost now become the job of the data leader in the context of that organization is to deliver some value right you know and, and almost that the spotlight is being shone on the data leader or the cdo or whatever the title is to be that person and as you say i think that's plays a big part into the the relationship building thing i find is often one concept that doesn't get talked about anywhere near enough, right? You know, it's like, well, you need to befriend the people that ultimately make the make the decisions and actually know, you know, what's gonna what's gonna move the the needle forward, um, which which makes perfect sense. So I guess it's obvious then that many, many people are having issues with making data analytics important or urgent enough to be a topic of conversation at the top table where you know let's face it the real decisions are being made and the real conversations that we need to be involved in are are being had how do you position data analytics so that it transcends into the boardroom maybe especially if you are find yourself in an organization where you don't necessarily have a seat at that table yeah it's again i think really good question following on from previously i think you do need to start by finding a route into all of the key business areas, including and especially finance and HR. They're really important too. Um, so be a partner to each of them. Showcase what you already do for them. Sometimes they don't know, so show them. Have them play back the difference that it makes to them. And if it doesn't make any difference to them, you get that as well, right? Ask them why not and what will. So you know, keep going until you can make some progress there. I think whoever you are speaking with, try and make building data and analytics into their thinking a no-brainer. So, you know, you have to meet them where they are. Um, All of those standard statements that we say are absolutely true and we need to sort of immerse ourselves in their world and make make ourselves an indispensable and strategic partner in their achievements. And in time, that does gain traction higher up um, if, if we're successful in doing that around the around the piece lower down, it, it does bubble up. Um, and I think if you then ensure that your data strategy refers to the highest level business needs and goals, and, and you can color in how you can help with that too, you then start to, to again, build on that traction. But above all, I think just making it easy to do business with you, you know, learn the language of the business, be crystal clear, but brief about why you're there and what you're asking for. You know, how can I help? how can you help me to help you sort of conversation i make it sound easy it isn't uh, even for seasoned uh, data and analytics professionals and it does take time any relationship building takes time but i do believe that that is the way to build a sustainable data capability in in any organization and i've seen that play out time and time again yeah 100 percent. yeah i was listening to um the diary of a, a ceo with the founder of spotify and one of the things that um really stood out to me what what he said was that you'd be amazed how far you can go by just being really easy to work with um which was a kind of 
you know, just made me stop and think, actually, that's so so true. Like I think sometimes in our industry, we make things really difficult for ourselves by maybe being too on the technical side or, you know, the str- the struggle between trying to bring the business and how data analytics support that, that business together. So I think it's a, a really good point. I guess more subjective question then, um, does data need to have a voice in the boardroom to be successful? Um that's that's a really good good call. So yes, obviously I would say that, but, but <laughs> yes. Um I think does it need to have a, a data strategy to be successful? I think yes as as well. I think if we think about other more established business areas, so do we typically see a technology strategy sometimes? An HR strategy maybe? Finance strategy probably more often not. Because these these disciplines that are generally known entities, we we tend to know what they do and why they do it, and their playbooks are fairly well established. Yes, they flex by the type of organisation you're in. So the startup finance team will behave very differently to a big FTSE 100 finance team, of course, but they're they're generally fairly predictable in what their ambitions and goals are, if even if that's not stated. Um, but I think data is still sufficiently un- understood in most organizations to still require an introduction in this way and still require that work for now. Perhaps in time, the need for a data strategy will pass. That would be nice. I hope I hope it does in a way. We don't have to constantly kind of, uh, you know, put that out in front. But I think for now, we do need that to, to clear that path. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I remember had several debates is probably too strong of a word, but several conversations around with data leaders about maybe the notion of other business domains like marketing, for example. And it's like, well, marketing doesn't necessarily need to have a strategy. And we all know that marketing wastes loads of money every year on things that don't add value. And I'm like, that is true. But typically also what happens in marketing at least once a year is one big payoff, right? One big payoff that pays for all of the other failures. Um, and because of the maturity and the acceptance of that model, they don't need to have a strategy. They don't need to worry about having to prove ROI on every single campaign that they run because they know, broadly speaking, we'll probably win slightly more than we'll lose, hopefully, right? Um, and even if not, business leaders kind of don't care because that's just become the way of doing business, right? So hopefully we get to the same place with data, but I think we've probably got a way to go to get to that point, kind of building the trust and relationships like marketing have previously, right? Which I think is a really interesting, uh, really interesting dynamic. I guess one thing that we speak quite a lot about on this podcast then is obviously the notion of how you create value, but the, I guess the, the disconnect, if you will, between how, like what, what value means in the, you know, to different businesses in the context of those businesses. And more importantly, what value means to the different stakeholders within those businesses. And you kind of started to allude to that then in terms of build relationships, understand what it is that is going to be important to them or not, or whatever the case may be. I think as we touched upon earlier, most organizations start this journey or get sucked into this journey based on, um, you know, the the magpie syndrome, as someone referred to it um, in a previous episode, you know, where they're getting just attracted by the shiny thing over there and go chasing it. So AI being... Uh, an, an obvious example there, but I guess in your opinion, the bulk of organisations are probably still 
getting value from things that we as a data analytics community probably see more traditional or old old school like where do you see actually data is valuable and the you know people that sit on the board understand that what they're looking at is valuable and is is data in in its purest context mm. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. I think um, the reality is we derive value from a very broad range of places um, when we when we think about data analytics and its contribution to value. Um, you're, but you're also right. I think at any one point in time, there is a move towards the latest technique or tool, you know, which does help the field to continuously evolve and build on advances in technology. So that's that's good. We welcome that. But these are typically additive rather than substitutional. And I think sometimes we forget that. So the approaches that are already in place continue to do sort of the uh, the bulk of the value driving as much as they, they ever have done. You know, the underlying principles of data quality, core statistical models, an easy to digest dashboard, a set of insights presented through compelling storytelling are as relevant now as they were when I started out. 27 years ago. And I think we forget this at our peril. These are often the core scalable value drivers. They still are today. Every day when we go in and, and we when we sort of apply ourselves to these challenges. And they're also the sources of understanding that let us innovate with the new technologies. So, you know, the new technologies are sort of standing on the, the shoulders of these giants in many ways. So it is so important to continue to invest in and support these streams of activities. Um, as as teams and companies evolve, but obviously continue to innovate as well at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think there's there's almost this um, misconception in my eyes within the industry that you know we we need to be always looking forward, and of course we do because the whole premise of being you know data driven or data informed or data enabled or whatever buzzword we're using is about being able to make more informed decisions ahead of time to make better businesses right of course but if you think about the number of instances that that genuinely happens in an organization versus how reliant a ceo and cfo are on a pnl or sales forecast report right that's probably what they're looking at as well that's a load of value you know yeah if i don't have to sit there and do that report myself and that's put on my desk so we can have that conversation that's valuable so I think you're absolutely right. There's a load of foundational stuff that, you know, I just hope that doesn't get lost in the ether of, you know, well, that's backwards looking, so therefore it isn't valuable. Cause I don't think that's 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 the case. Is that do you do you see that? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I completely agree. So you know, good old reports, dashboards are a are a classic uh example you just touched on there. Um you know, most people in any sort of business these days will you know, on a day-to-day basis be looking at how they're they're KPIs, whatever it is they're targeted to achieve, have changed day on day, week on week, month on month. Um, all of that is value from that's, that's data driving value. Mm. They can do their job without the data. Yeah. Does that then, as a as a as a data leader, and I guess as a CDO, in an organisation that you've been in there for six months, and obviously you're you're starting to flesh out this journey and what it looks like over the next few years for yourself and an FT, does that have any bearing on how you kind of set up from a operational you know operating model team structure perspective because obviously i know you you're all in you know the job of a data leader is tough right it's all encompassing across every part of the business or you know in most cases it is or or should be but obviously trying to combine the two of the forward-looking stuff 
versus the ad hoc BAU stuff. Just talk us through kind of how that plays out in your mind. Yeah, really good question. And I think, you know, there, therein lies um, lies what I love about the role and the field because it is, you know, you're, you're constantly, in a good way, spinning plates and, um, you know, trying to keep a whole load of um, core foundational activities moving and operating at really high quality and with, with really good efficiencies, um, but also constantly moving um, the boundaries and the frontiers of what we what we can do. Um, and I think that that is why to some of my earlier points about there is no one size fits all. You have to really look around you and say what will work in this organization and for that department within this organization. Is it best to have an embedded analyst or reporting person in that team to to help coach them in the way that they use data? Or is it best that we set up a central capability and really, you know, market the hell out of that as, as you know, a real engine of growth and value within the organization? Typically, it's both. And finding that balance is is so nuanced. And that I think therein lies the um, the art of of any successful data leader is 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 getting that right. And, yeah. that, and it changes over time. So yeah. it's it's constant uh, opportunity to revisit. Yeah, well, I mean, the, it, it's cyclical as well, right? In nature, the, the amount of you know centralized to decentralized, to centralized to decentralized to kind of a bit of both back to one or the other, you know. So it's uh, it's yeah, really interesting. Are there any kind of telltale signs as what might be best to do? I guess in relation to business strategy, data strategy, and the maturity of an organization, you know, where you think actually, I've, I've been in instances like this, and this has tended to work better for whatever reason. Um, again, I'm going to go back to my no one size fits all answer, which is um, a bit of a cop out. But I think the other key thing to remember is or to make sure you're always doing is always stay alert. It's often if you look for the signs, you can often quite clearly pick up when a department is is sort of disengaging or has failed to engage in the first place. Um, so I think in the more acute you can be to those signals, and, and really challenge yourself as a data function and say, well, why why is that? What are we not what are we not saying, or what are we not saying in the right way that isn't resonating, that isn't in, engaging that particular group of people? And yeah, constantly challenging and trying and testing and learning different. You know, do we need to have a workshop? Is it a you know what what is it um, that we need to introduce? Style of communication, a new product, a new set of data. We know what is it that will cut through. So, yeah, it, it really depends. I could probably have loads of point examples over my my career where I've tried different things. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But that test and learn is really key in that. Yeah, absolutely. You touched, upon, you touched upon product there. So I want to mm -hmm. take us there because obviously that is now all of the, practically all of the rage, right? You know, it went from data science to data engineering to to now data products being the probably the next growth area of our, our industry um definitely exploded over the last 12 months or, or so um this is just something that i love asking because i guess i'm probably grappling with how to define define it myself and and uh, everyone seems to have a, <laughs> a slightly different answer but um how do we define what a data product is first and foremost versus maybe what it isn't and i guess does that even matter and i guess just to frame that a little bit so we've had events before where we've got you know 20 data leaders round a table and 
we're talking about the whole concept of data products. And then you get this kind of side notion of data as a product. And then, you know, we basically had arguments around, well, no, that's not, that's not a product. That's data as a product. And I sat there going, oh my God, what have I created? Um, So yeah, keen to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, no, and I'm gonna I'm gonna probably gonna dodge the specifics about this too because uh, it, it is it is such a lively debate at the moment. I don't think anyone's right or, or wrong actually at the moment, but it's a fascinating conversation to observe. But this is something I talk about often within the FT, as my colleagues would no doubt uh, attest to. But for me, data products represent the growing up of data as a discipline within an organisation. And so data products differ from data as a product when they become the lead character rather than the supporting cast in in the uh, production of data analytics. Um, So the way I think about it is you wouldn't release a customer-facing product such as a website without thoroughly testing it first, ensuring it behaves the same way tomorrow as it did today and yesterday, um, that it's intuitive to use, and that you um, you know that the services it offers is of high quality, is reliable and is trusted and it's stable. The same is true of data products. And I think that's the way I think about it. Um, so they represent for me the professionalization of data as a product. They are what happened and what happened when you manage and monitor um, data as a product by product professionals through a product lifecycle. So a proper release cycle, proper monitoring cycle, proper retiring cycle um, are all parts of data product for me. Um, So, yeah, I think the differentiation does matter. And I think if you are the consumer of those products, it absolutely matters because it's the difference between a poor quality experience that can just turn you off or sticking with it and really embracing and engaging with that. Yeah, yeah, that makes makes perfect sense. I guess bringing it back to the positioning of data analytics as a capability and its relationship with the boardroom or or not as the the case may be obviously there's a lot of debate around bottom up versus top down and the influence or impact of both sides of of that equation what have you found to kind of be the best method in terms of impact ultimately um i mean <laughs> But a cop-out answer, you do need to do both, right? You can't you can't just be all about the storytelling and the selling without the, the, the content to back it up. Yep. Um, but equally, you can spend an entire career working on the content and for it never to see the light of day and for it never to drive any value if you're not working top-down to link that to the decision-makers. Yep, you, you do need to do both. It, it can't be style over content or the other way around. Yep. You have to do both. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, certainly from my experience and having, you know, hundreds and probably thousands of conversations now about these very types of of kind of challenges, I'd say that's definitely definitely the way around. I mean, if I think about why, obviously, in what we do as a day job, why many people decide to leave an organisation, it's that, you know, from a data standpoint, they'll be doing all of this great work, building these products that then don't get adopted or... They might get adopted, but that doesn't impact decision making. So in either of those circumstances, it's kind of like a waste of time, right? For for them. And they so they 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 kind of need the adoption to happen, but they also need the action to be taken because of that adoption to to see that their contribution, which is really it's a really, really interesting but often challenging dynamic for 
data professionals and you know the data leader that's ultimately responsible for making that work be used and action taken right so fascinating uh fascinating landscape conscious of time Kate I know that you're very busy um but at the end of the last season of the podcast one of our guests quoted a uh, I guess a very well-known CDO who had stated at some event slash conference that um you know for most business leaders they understand the importance of data but it's just not urgent I guess does this emphasize in your eyes you know maybe the the lack of value realization and possibly explain why data analytics isn't in the boardroom yet and I guess if so how do how do we create that urgency mm, yeah I, th- I think it, I think it does um highlight that that yeah our collective failure sometimes to to really um shine a light on on that value I think for me data is a differentiator so you know we could ask ourselves, is it required to run the fundamental products and services of many companies? No, probably. You know, will a business cease to exist without someone being concerned about its data in the short term? Possibly also no. If the business exists in a total monopoly and has no public accountability, you could probably get away with that. But that typically isn't the reality. The reality is that most businesses have competitors and important stakeholders that demand higher and higher levels of service. And one very real way to succeed versus the competition in the long run, especially in commoditized sectors such as those I've typically worked in, and be the brand of choice, is to have the best data and to use it more effectively than everyone else. Yeah, mm. Quite simply, that that is the differentiator that, that data gives you. So, you know, it really depends on your definition of urgent. Uh, I would say if a business cares about its long-term sustainability, that it it should be. But it it absolutely is our role as data leaders to highlight that urgency through showing the opportunity and sometimes showing the risk of not taking it through data. Mm. It's also our role to measure and elevate the value of what we do so that there is no ambiguity about the central role that we play within that as well and we're not always we haven't always been great at doing that to your to your question yeah i think it's interesting isn't it because we, we often hear the conversations around you know here's what we could or should be doing um maybe probably don't hear enough about here's what the consequence might be if we don't do this which i find fascinating because if i think about as i mentioned earlier how most data analytics um initiatives or projects or whatever started within an organization it was normally by that kind of magpie syndrome right like oh there's a buzzword comes up from somewhere there's a bit of hype around that and then all of a sudden ceos are kind of looking around going oh i better do something about this because if the big competitor or the business over the road go first and they they win we're we're doomed right so i find that fascinating that that often is the entry point but then when we get into the you know the 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 kind of cr- of the crux of it actually they're kind of willing to go this isn't working it's not that urgent because you know and it it might be because no one else is is doing it as well right at the same time which is a i guess a really interesting i guess a really interesting dynamic um yeah mm. and i think you know back back to where we started that's why it's so important to to link these conversations to the businesses you know 3 year 5 year 10 year goals you know, if you want to achieve X in five years, then, you know, be, you, these are the actions you have to be thinking about, or we will not do that. 
or yeah. another organization will beat us to that. So I think, you know, bringing those conversations back into the reality of their own targets and goals, you know, can be quite effective in achieving that end. Yeah. Hundred percent. Okay. Look, thank you very much for rejoining us uh, again on the show. Um, really excited to see how your journey at the FT un- unfolds, and um, yeah, look forward to seeing you again very soon. Thank you, Carl. Thanks again for the invite. That's it for this episode of Driven by Data, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back next week speaking with another thought leader from the world of data and analytics. Until then. Please follow Orbition Group on social media if you've not already done so, where you'll be able to subscribe and therefore be made aware of the podcasts as they arrive. And please share, like, and leave reviews so that more people from our industry get to hear and benefit from these too. If you've got any questions or you want to suggest ideas for topics or potential guests, then please feel free to reach out to me. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back next week. 